0: Series of teachings which I want to start with, I call it earthworm practice in the Anthropocene because you know Arjun Cha who is the founder of the lineage where I trained, he often spoke about earthworm practice as a, as a kind of practice which requires a lot of humility and also patience to, and to not have the answers to be with that not knowing, you know, like an earthworm who doesn't really know where he is going, but he is just like applying himself to what's just right in front of him. And I think that's what I'd like to to speak about. And uh, because I, I think, you know, that if we can work in that way, that will gradually shift our perception of who we are understand ourselves to be. Because Currently you know, like people living at this time generally understand themselves you know, to be separate from the planet and walking around and getting something or throwing something back, but having a sense of entitlement you know, to use this planet as a resource base. And I think that's a way of looking at the situation which is, is kind of not in accordance to reality. Because when we really look deeper, and that's what I like to guide us later in the meditation, we will understand that we are part of the planet. And these bodies of ours, they are land. They are actually secreted out of the planet, and when we die, we go back into it again. Mm-hmm. And that's a way of looking at ourselves, you know, which we we are not taught that way in, in the school system and and. Universities and so so on, you know, we are not encouraged to look at ourselves in that way. So we are, you know, once we are schooled in in, in our society today, we end up with that understanding that we are separate. And in order to break that down, it takes a lot of work, because it's very deeply ingrained in us and very unconscious, actually. So... So that work is, is, is going to take time, you know, and it's going to take real application. But if we are, you know, committed to doing it, it, it can really open up and, you know, give us the capacity, you know, to develop ways of sensing, you know, which we have forgotten. And I think, you know, there are people still living on this planet, which we call indigenous people. Part of those people, they still have that capacity. And, you know, I I remember, you know, when I was about, when I, mean, I was 13 years old, I have for the first time, I traveled with my parents to East Africa, and, and we were going on safaris and things, a photo safari. And I remember, you know, for the first time when I saw like tribal people in in one of those areas when I was driving there, looking out of the car and, and saw the way how they were walking. You know, and even I was just 13 years old, I immediately got that kind of, they are walking totally different than we walk. They hold their bodies completely different than we do. And I felt like a very strong kind of pull. I would like to know what they know, you know, in order that they can be like this and and then when I grew up I studied cultural anthropology because I was hoping, you know, I can learn about this on university but I was kind of pretty disillusioned pretty quick and and then you know, when I was um, on a, on a, writing my thesis actually and I went to, to Thailand and through a chain of different things happened and then i ended up in that monastery where where i then got kind of pulled in deeper and deeper into that practice and became a nun at the end so you know that's how it all started for me seeing that there are actually ways of being which are different than our own ways of being and and at that time, you know, I didn't really put one and one together in, in regards to the whole, um, you know, environmental crisis, which at that time already was starting to build up. But now I do understand, you know, it's that poverty of our culture, you know, which has completely forgotten the the rootedness and, and the way of... Uh, being part of something much bigger than just our little individual lives and our little individual intentions and, and now you know so many years after I can really see how that you know how that way how, they, how that way of being communicated just effortlessly without a single word you know without a single word It's just one minute of looking And it was a total download, you know, which completely changed my life actually. So, you know, there are ways of uh, receiving information which are very different than reading books or, you know, listening to somebody speaking like me. There are ways of communicating information which are without words and which can go extremely deep if one is ready to receive it, you know, and I think that's sometimes called also transmission, you know, that teachers can also transmit a certain insights they have, you know, on, on an energetic level, yeah, and I think, you know, this way of understanding and receiving information, I think this is very important for that transition, and we can you know we can train ourselves like you can go and learn a language French or, or whatever or German you can also learn that language you know that but not through the intellect but through fine-tuning the equipment which we have you know these bodies which are billions of years old you know and they have been Built, you know through the evolutionary process over such a long time and all of the information which was gathered is all dormant in these biocomputers which we call human bodies and I thinking you know thinking that way I find that extremely empowering and also encouraging you know because we already have it you know we just don't use it in a way so like there's those you know stories in, in Buddhism also you know of like a a man old man living in a hovel you know not knowing that under that dirt ground in his little hut you know there's a is a treasure and he lives like a poor man because he doesn't know that's all in there you know and the same thing that we live like that you know like thinking we are impoverished thinking we don't have anything we have to we, we have to kind of uh, find our fulfillment in buying more stuff and not being aware you know that we are so much bigger than what we think we are we have so much more depth and so much richer so that kind of a practice you know can help us to fine-tune the equipment so we can realize the truth. And uh, I find that very inspiring because I think if we as a species, you know, don't grow up and find ways, you know, to mature, then our own inventions, and our own technology, our own science and all of those things which we have... Uh, been able to come up with you know, will destroy us really because we are not having the ethical maturity to handle it in the right way you know mm. so it's a it's a really, we are really in a threshold situation I think as a species and and I feel it's important to get people interested in that you know that we do have a choice we have a lot of choice here it's just not going to be easy you know and and the number one I think you know quality we need to develop is resilience to be with the trouble and to be with the mess and to not shut down you know because there won't be any quick fixes for that you know it's going to take a long time. Like I like to think about you know, when the cathedrals were built. For example, the, we have a very beautiful cathedral in the center of Vienna. For example, it was built over, I think, 300 years, 300, 400 years. So the people who started building it didn't see the finished cathedral, but they still did it. So I think we need to you know, approach that project of uh, shifting our world view in that same way you know that we won't really see the end of it but doesn't matter you know we can still help because what else is there to do really and at the same time we will develop a lot of good qualities you know which we can take with us when when the body drops away those good qualities will be the qualities in the mind you know which will as long as we are not fully enlightened, we'll jump to another body. So, and here I brought a quote by Gregory Bateson, who is an anthropologist, and he says, the major problem of the world are the result of the difference between how nature works and the way people think. The major problems of the world are the result of the difference between how nature works and the way people think. So, and this is you know, where we do have a choice to, we can change, we can work with our thinking processes. And the meditation is the technology for doing that work. And so, you know, to address the complexity of the situation is not something, you know, we can do easily. But if we develop the resilience and the emotional intelligence to be with the you know, despair, hopelessness, and all of the feelings which come up, then... So if we can hold space for that, and in particular collectively, if we can hold space for that collectively, it will be integrated in us, you know, and then there will be more and more capacity to sense... In different ways, you know, and to receive information in different ways, which at the moment it all feels like we feel totally disconnected, but that can change. And uh, most important is, you know, the capacity of letting all of these things come up and not shut down. And just being aware, okay, you know, I feel like I don't know what to do. I feel hopeless or I feel anxious or all of those different feelings to just let them be there. That's one of the most important um, capacities to develop. And in particular, you know, to do it, to do it in in community because alone is much more difficult just you know being willing to sit with a with a real good question and uh, and trusting I know that if we can sit with this very important questions that that the appropriate actions will emerge out of that willingness to be with the discomfort and to do it together, you know, being witnessed by others in this. I think that's also really important. And, you know, and because the complexity which we see outside in the situation also exists within us, you know, as you said, you know, we, we consist of 40 trillion cells. I mean, you can't really understand that with the thinking, what does that mean, you know, 40 trillion cells. Mm -hmm. And all of those cells, you know, they are the same cells which make up the trees, which make up the horses, which make up the cars, which make up the houses, everything, the stars, everything is made out of those same materials and you know and as we know you know the evolutionary process which goes on like with this planet for almost four billion years has its own intelligence it all happened there was nobody directing all of this so we can actually you know develop the interest and the intention to. Join in that biointelligence, you know, which we already have on hand because it it's in our too. The thing is just that we don't really yet have. It's not yet online, you know, the information, so to say. There is still not. We haven't really connected yet in that way. But we can. And I think that's what I'm most interested with, you know, the work here in the earth room. And I myself, you know, taking uh, different um, courses on different levels, you know, about ancestral healing and and other courses, you know, about uh, also with the Pachamama Alliance. And it's my intention, you know, all of that information which I glean from there. To kind of bring it together with the the early Buddhist teaching, and kind of synthesize it, because I think that's that's what I can do, basically. Yeah, and I feel like that will uh, provide the tools to inquire more deeply into those into the complexity and into the lostness, you know. Knowing that that lostness holds the answer, but not kind of going under in it, but swimming in the lostness. I think that's the way to do it, you know. And and the teachings of the Buddha can help us. They are like instructions to swim in it, you know, and not drown in it. So, so it's about, you know, changing the stories, changing the world view, changing the way, you know, how we tell ourselves who we are and what we are doing here. That needs to change and we, you know, I, I'm c- currently reading a book which is called Hospicing Modernity because, you know, we can't like very quickly make those changes but we can hospice the old worldview and at the same time midwife the new worldview. That's something we can do. And you know, when you're hospicing somebody, when somebody's dying, if you've ever been at a, at a at a situation like that, you never know what's gonna happen next, you know, you never know. You have to be just there and, and be ready. Or when somebody giving birth, you, you, you don't know how it's going. Can take long, can get be short, can be painful, can be easy, whatever. But it's just there and you do what you can and you tune in, you know. And that's what we can do too. We can tune in, you know, and that which is dying to support that, to die well, you know, not making a complete mess. And that what is being born to support that as well at the same time. And improvising, you know, because nobody knows exactly how it's going to be. But we don't have to know. Because if, if the, you know, if we are doing it together, then, you know, we, we can all do something. So, yeah. So there's mutual support, you know, in digesting and in, uh, you know, keeping the space open for whatever wants to emerge to, to emerge. I think that's something which I'd like to support with that space you know and, and I was I feel you know that the uh, symbolism can be also very helpful in in directing the mind because you know what we see with our eyes is is, is instructs us also in, in a way you know which is not you can't really kind of it down, but it's it's not to be underestimated, you know. What you're looking at the whole day, if you're looking at something, you know, which is, which brings out your good qualities, it's much better than looking at, at some kind of crappy stuff. Yeah. So because it's a, you know, it's a real, uh, very creative process. It's like like poetry and we also need some prose, you know, we need some instructions. But then we have to just open up the space and uh, allow the poetry to emerge. And my first teacher, Buddha Buddhadasa, there's an image of him outside there. You know, he always said, you know, Buddhism is an art and a science. And. It's about, you know, tuning in with with something much, much bigger than our little individual selves and, you know, kind of bringing together new and ancient ways of, of being and seeing, you know, what wants to be born and and supporting that so you know now we can you know take some time for our our guided meditation on the elements and you know the Buddha's teaching has lots of different methods you know for meditation but the meditation on the On the elements, four, five or six is one of the very basic uh, meditations in the four satipatthana or the four establishments of mindfulness, which which is part of the very early Buddhist teaching. And elements it would be the earth element, water element, fire element, wind element, space element and consciousness element, those six elements. And today, you know, I might just like do maybe the first four or five, depending how how long it takes. And you know, it's a a way of directly experiencing the elements in your own body. Mm. And through that direct experiencing of the elements in your own body, to also then reflect on this you know earth element which makes up my bones for example is the same earth element which makes up the mountains and the rocks out there and there's no real internal and external it's completely blurred you know, and seeing that there is no internal and external it's all just one and seeing it like that and really allowing that to sink in is going to change our worldview over time. That's the intention of this, of this exercise. And um, what I have here? So, in the, in the, you know, inviting ourselves into this much bigger picture of ourselves. And uh, and the joy which it brings, you know, because it's a it's a real enrichment, brings joy. But on the Mm -hmm. other hand, also discomfort, because you know the old ways of seeing when they are breaking down, that takes energy. And uh, so to reconnect, you know, with our true being. And re consciousness in the body, you know, and I think, you know, when I saw the Maasai in, in, in Kenya, like when I was 13, walking, what I saw, what really startled me was that their consciousness was still rooted in the planet. And we have lost that, you know, because of the educational system and what we have been focusing on over the last few hundred years as a culture. And... You know, we can't all go back and live in the jungle or become indigenous people. That's not possible either. But we can, you know, take these ancient ways of being and the new new ways of being and give birth to something which is uh, a synthesis of both. And that's what, you know, what I'd like to make the... Uh, practice in this, in this space. So letting go of the past perceptions of what we are and giving birth to that which wants to come. I, and We don't really know exactly what that is, but we can't continue in the way we have been because it's going to kind of completely wipe us out. If we don't care, then that would be one way, you know. And there's no guarantees that it's going to actually work out. But I think it's better to die trying than to give up. Because that will at least, you know, cultivate good qualities in the mind. And that's also something really good. Because that will come with us when we die. So there's nothing to lose, really, to do this work. But everything to gain. So let's do it then, I would say. Okay. So, you know, I'm going to kind of give some guidance now, like we're doing body scans. And you don't need to do anything in particular. And there's no need to, you know, think about it. Just listening to what I'm saying and allow the mind to respond, because the mind knows what to do. To the degree it knows and if and you know as you kind of train yourself it will get more and more deep but for now you just start where you are so you know become aware of your body sitting and uh, the weight of the body sitting on the cushion sitting on the chair and allow your breath to take you deeper into the body and feeling the gravity which pulls you towards the seat, towards the planet then you know, press your teeth together and feel how that feels hardness. That's a direct experience of earth element. Earth element stands for hardness and for structure. And we can, you know, connect with the earth element and the hardness in our teeth, in our bones, in our fingernails, our toenails. So the direct experience of earth element is by experiencing hardness in our own body. And then we can start on the top of our head, you know, and feeling the hardness of the bones, the skull bones, bones hardness. And then from the head we come down to the neck, the vertebrae of the neck, hardness. And there's nothing, you know, we don't need to think about it or do anything, allow hardness just to become conscious to the degree it can. And then from the neck we come to the shoulders hardness and from the shoulders come to the arms hardness bones and then to the hands bones hardness, earth element. And then do the torso with the rib cage and the spine, hardness, earth element. Then the pelvis, hips, hardness, earth element. the legs, bones, hardness, earth element. And the feet, hardness, earth element. So this whole body is permeated by earth element. Earth element internally and earth element externally in the mountains and the rocks is exactly the same earth element. Earth element is empty, empty of a self and if we don't ingest earth element for one or two months the body is going to fall apart. And then you know we are sitting on the earth also, and the earth element is mixed with water element to make it cohesive. Water element stands for wetness, fluidity, and cohesion. And our, ho- our bodies consist about 75% of water. And we can, you know, connect with the water element in the flesh. The flesh is permeated by different liquids as well. And we start with the feet, the flesh of the feet, and feel the softness, water element. And then the legs, flesh, water element. hips, the buttocks, water element. And then the torso with all of the organs, water element. Hands, water element. Arms, water element. Shoulders, water element. Neck, water element. Head, water element. Particle in the mouth and in the eyes. This whole body is permeated by water element, water element internally and water element externally in the rivers, lakes, oceans and the rain is exactly the same water element. Water element is empty, empty of a self and if we don't ingest water element for three, four, five days the body is going to shut down. And then in order for a body to be made up of water element it has to have a certain temperature. If it's too cold it freezes and gets hard. and if it's too hot it evaporates. So that brings us to the next element, the fire element which stands for temperature, hot and cold. And we can feel the temperature on our skin. And you know, sweeping down from the top of the head again over the face, skin, fire element, neck, fire element. Shoulders fire element. Arms fire element. Hands fire element. The torso fire element. the hips, fire element legs, fire element and the feet, fire element so this whole body is permeated by fire element fire element internally and fire element externally which comes from the sun. It's exactly the same fire element. Fire element is empty empty of a self. this body can only live in a certain temperature range you know even we have uh, you know, invented clothing and heating and housing but still the body can only exist in a certain range of temperature and heat you know is the result of motion friction and that brings us to the next element which is the wind element which we can uh, connect with through the breathing process. Wind stands for motion, expansion, contraction, pressure and we can connect with that breathing in the body expands and breathing out the body contracts So breathing in oxygen and breathing out CO2 and you are know, exchanging with the trees. And if we stop breathing for about three minutes the body is going to shut down. So, you know, through this exercise, we see we never cut the umbilical cord to the biosphere. We are constantly in exchange. Through eating, drinking, breathing, going to the bathroom, crying, sweating. There's a constant exchange happening and we are not separate at all from the whole planet, from the whole universe because this planet is born out of the universe. This is just a completely different way of experiencing ourselves and it's much more realistic than what meets the eye and then we also can become aware that we are sitting in space space element and also inside of the body there are spaces the mouth, the ears the womb the ribcage and we can become aware of space through you know becoming aware of the space we're sitting in which doesn't end at the walls of this room it's endless limitless space which is expanding as we're sitting here and we can listen into that space into the silence With the in breath, you know, becoming aware of the space and how it expands in the body, and with the out breath, relaxing into the space in which we are sitting. The space element. And there's a direct experience of what these bodies are consisting of and that there's a constant exchange, a constant give and take happening. And it said, you know, that within seven years all of the cells of a body are exchanged with the environment. But this process happens, you know, and we are not aware of it because if we don't tend to be instructed to look at our bodies in this way, even this is such an important information which Mm -hmm. could really help our species to make that ontological shift which is needed in order for us to act differently, think differently differently. Because if we start to really integrate that information a different strand of intelligence which come online. And then you know we can participate in the intelligence of of beings who are much longer here on this planet. We are the youngest species. And, you know, and Western civilization is the youngest civilization. So we are the real, we are babies, you know, when it comes to wisdom of living. But we are behaving as we would know everything better than everybody else and we have the technology to do so and that's really dangerous. So growing up, growing, maturing And then responding, and you know, taking the responsibility to you know be a, to be a good team player to not try to be the master of everything because we just don't have the the wisdom for that, it's ridiculous. Most people don't even know that they are in constant exchange with the biosphere, otherwise they wouldn't really live the way they live. And we are all taking part in this because our culture doesn't really support different ways of being yet but we can change that. And the good news is that we don't have to try to invent that with our intellect because that would be impossible. It would be just a repetition of the same issues, but we have to do that in a, in a very different way, which requires to you know, come down onto the ground and start all over again. So relinquishing that sense of mastery and developing listening, listening not just with our ears, but with our whole being. And that you know can be done by having a clear intention to want to know to be of service for this transition to have respect for that which wants to be born and to be willing you know to bear with the discomfort of this and also you know open up to the joy of knowing that there is a way, there is a path and we can at least do the next step And then after that, we'll know the next step. It has never been different. So, and then, you know, becoming aware of that which knows about the elements which knows about space that which hears the voice become aware of awareness so not dropping the object of space or object of any of the other elements and just being with that which knows Consciousness is the sixth element. That which knows about the other elements. And you our species has the capacity to be conscious of consciousness. What's called reflexive consciousness. So we can reflect on knowing. Like we can be aware of the mirror of the mind reflecting phenomena effortlessly. So we're soon gonna come to the end of the meditation. So, you know, becoming aware of the breathing process again, and uh, you know the changingness of this impermanence.